0: Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line. He's trying to convince our editors to let him cover the final four instead. It's Anthony, (laughs) the Heat (laughs) Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, Much better than the Heat, I think. It's been a rough rough week, rough season, I guess. Like, just rough year for the Miami Heat. Um, And the latest was a... 101-92 101-92 loss to the Knicks, um, another bad loss um, that really put them deeper into play in tournament territory.
0: Yes. Yeah, at least at least we've got uh, the Hurricanes and, and Owls these days because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a... We've talked about it we Come on here. We, we joke about it on the air and off mic all the time, like how every week is kind of the same with this team where it's like we've known the flaws all year long. Um, we've known kind of the ceiling of this team to an extent all year long. I think the floor has maybe been a little worse than we thought, but, yeah. uh, yeah, another loss for the heat We're recording late night after midnight, um, on the East coast on, uh, Wednesday night into Thursday, the heat just lost, uh, back to back on a road trip, uh, Toronto on Tuesday and then at New York on Wednesday. Um, yeah, not great. Not great. Um, a week ago, you know, we 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 talked through all the possibilities. You know what what they still need to do to maybe get out of the play in and get it up to the sixth seed. And a couple of things actually broke right for them this week, right? Uh, Brooklyn lost, New York lost over the weekend, yeah. um, and then the Heat just kind of melted down against uh, Toronto and or really melted down against Brooklyn on on Saturday, lost to Toronto. Lost to New York, and, and all of a sudden, like now we're we're looking at play in or to, barring a miracle, kind of a, a play in situation for the Heat.
1: Yeah. I mean, as he, like you said a week ago, um, five seed was a realistic possibility. Yeah. And now they're what? They're, I was just looking at it. I think they're four it, games back of the half, Knicks.
0: Yeah. One and a half behind Brooklyn. Um, yeah.
1: Four games exactly. behind the Knicks, one and a half behind Brooklyn with five games to play. One and a half doesn't seem too bad, right? It feels like that he could catch Brooklyn, I guess, if they win a few games here down the stretch. But they're two behind Brooklyn in the loss column. Yeah. And really three behind Brooklyn in the
0: loss because column. Because we've so said the The tiebreak, tie yeah.
1: Yeah. So they need to win at least four of the, their final five games and hope Brooklyn loses pretty much four of their final five games to have any type of shot. Um, I guess for their final six games, they have six teams left. Um, to have any type of shot to, to pass Brooklyn, and with the way this team is playing right now, it's hard to see that, right? I right, mean, that's the problem. You have da- Dallas on Saturday. I know Dallas has been struggling, but still, they have Luka and Kyrie. Like that's not going to be easy. And then you have Detroit, which is a, obviously a very winnable game, but they have a three-game trip next week. Um, so yeah, right now it really does look like more than ever, and they've been flirting with the playing possibility for weeks now, but. Now more than ever ever, this three game skid losing to both, both Brooklyn and New York in consecutive games, the playing tournament seems very likely.
0: Yeah, I mean, we came on last week and, and laid out, as I said, the, the possibilities. Yeah. And it was right, you know, we I think we recorded post game, or at least half of the episode we recorded post game after after they beat the yeah. Knicks yeah. last Wednesday last in Miami. Yeah. And I think what we said was like, yes, they're like right on the front like they're on the cusp of getting out of the play-in right here. But I think at that point they had Got one, gone eight and seven since the All-Star break. Like, they've maybe won a couple in a row, but, like, for the most part, like, I, th- I think both of us were, like, sure, they're close, but they've really, over the last couple of months, given no sign of a team that won't shoot itself in the foot at some point, and a couple of days later, they play Brooklyn, they're up, what were they? They were up by, you know, double digits in the first half double of that digits, game, yeah. um, and like the worst third quarter imaginable basically. And all of a sudden they get blown out by Brooklyn. Um, and you know, that didn't totally kill their chances that I think two more losses in the next couple of nights did, but that was just like, it was there, that was the season right there on Wednesday. You could get, you could talk yourself into it and like, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens. Um, but the problem with this heat team is all year long, the ifs have not happened. And, uh, we saw that, obviously, on Saturday, which which I think is, is going to kind of, if and when the Heat wind up in the play-in, I think that game is going to be the one that, like, kind of spells out exactly what went wrong. They had they had it right in front of them, and not only—maybe uh, it's a little unusual because they got blown out and said we lost a close game, but they had it right in front of them against a team that they should be better than and just totally wasted an opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean— the five seed was they, – they controlled their dest- own destiny pretty much. I think they were like yeah. one game back of the Knicks at, at one point last week. Yeah. With the game against the Knicks this week, like, they pretty much controlled their own destiny. Um, and they lose these three games straight. And and the reality is, like, this is not a flu. It's not like they're losing close games. Like, they've had, I think they have six yeah. double-digit losses since the break in –
0: yeah. Got what, blown like out by Brooklyn. 20 games? Lost pretty handily to Toronto. They, they made a little bit of a push, but for the most part, they were down double digits. And then tonight uh, was the closest of the bunch, but even then, a yeah. nine-point loss.
1: The bottom line is since the break, 23rd best offense, so bad. Bad. 25th best defense. Yeah, that's the story. Bad. Right? Is that... But both sides, like, usually it's like, okay, the defense is good with the offense, not, or the right. offense is good with, like, both the offense and defense, bottom 10 bottom, bottom 10 in the league since the break. um, And they're 8-10. and 10. They've been a bad basketball team since the yeah. All-Star break. There's no way around it. Like, they're like, oh, they're mediocre. No, they've been a bad basketball team since the All-Star break. And that, I, I mean, they shouldn't be. They have the personnel to be a, an above-average team, right? They have Jimmy Butler and Bam out of two All-Star Mm-hmm. Caliber players, Tyler Hero, fringe all-star. I know the role players are struggling, but still, you have you know some quality rotation guys like Caleb Martin, and um, you have Ke- you add Kevin Love, who you know that's another story. He hasn't been shooting the ball well, but yeah. they have some good role players there on the edges. It's just they haven't been able to put it together. There's been slippage on defense, especially, and then offensively, you've seen I guess more flashes on that end and better offensive play during stretches, but. You look at the raw numbers over the All-Star break, you know, since the All-Star break, the offense hasn't been good either, despite, like, little glimpses of hope they've shown you. So, yeah, and,
0: and despite Jimmy Butler, like, being basically the yeah, best player in the NBA.
1: Being, yeah, one of the best stretches of his NBA career. Um, And they still have bottom 10 offense in that time. So, just really concerning. And, yeah, you know, I guess if they stay in seven, they'll host the first playing game, and they'll probably be favored in that game. And it might be Toronto or Atlanta. But how could anybody have confidence in the way in this team with the way they're playing right now? Unfortunately, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, they so. just, they just lost three in a row handily to three, like, you know, the Knicks are a little bit better than the other two, but the Raptors are a play in team, obviously. And the Nets, yeah. it, this version of the Nets would have been a play in. Like if this is the Nets roster, the yeah. they're a play in. Team. Team. Like they, yeah. they just got blown out by two play in teams in a row and then lost to a the team is going to be the five seed like they're, they're not a team that's like it's not like, uh, you know, if they, they actually didn't happen. like when the Lakers remember a couple of years ago, they were in the play in and, and it was like Anthony Davis was hurt all year. Like they, they're this team has just been mediocre all year. It's not like they've had some injuries and they're way better than all these play in teams. They could, you know, they could easily win a four point game in the first play play-in game. I'm sure whatever. And that's true. Sure. Play the Celtics in round one. Um, but they could also easily lose two in a row, as we've said a lot.
1: Yeah. Also concerning these last two games, like, they lost to the Raptors when the Raptors shot 22% on threes. And they lost by double digits. To the yeah. Raptors when the Raptors shot double, sh- uh, shot 22% on threes. They lost to the Knicks when the Knicks shot, uh, they committed 16 turnovers and shot 12 of 23 from the foul line. 52% from the foul line. The Knicks still won by nine points. And Julius Randle, they're not playing the second half because he sprained his ankle. Um, it's just again, like I don't, I'm trying to find like some positives, but it's, it's tough. It's just been tough, even through the wins. Like, even last week, I think you and I both cautioned listeners, like, it's nice that they, they won this game. It is a big win. And, you know, Jimmy Baller's playing great, but they also shot 58% on threes that game and like squeaked out a win pretty much.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I would you know, say like the, the encouraging thing that happened was the three point shooting tick back up yeah. because all year long, we're like, it, if that just goes normalizes a little bit, then this team is different, and it, it happened. Um, and they played a little bit better during that stretch, but um, they're, they're, it's clearly not like they can just rely on that. And again, like as you said, they they were doing that and still winning close games. Like their their margins were, were thin, and um, they they still are. And that's just as we've said over and over: good teams blow bad teams out. Um, the Heat play close games against everyone, or get blown out. They have very few blowout wins.
1: Yeah. So, is there any reason to for positivity, like on the any reason for hope? Well, so that's the, plan, that's so. the thing.
0: I think I think at this like because they're going to be in the play-in, right? Barring a miracle. Well, barring a miracle, they're going to be in the play-in. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I Do mean, they put like it's someone calculate those odds? Like this 5.38. <laughs> like I can't imagine they're higher than like a 10% chance of avoiding the play-in at this point.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, probably, I would say no more than 20%. At yeah. This point.
0: So not, not looking good. Um. So how about this? Like, what do you, how, how do you handle these last, how many games are left now? Seven, six, five, five games five. left. Yeah. Five games left. Well, like, obviously I guess you're going to just try to win them, but like, if you're the heat, you've got to be thinking like, we got to get, we got to figure, got to figure it out, right? We got to figure out what we're going to look like in the playoffs. So if, if you're, Eric Spolstra, how how are you handling these final five games here?
1: Here's the thing. You gotta still win these games because now Atlanta and Toronto are one and a half games behind. That's you. true. <laughs> like if you mess around here over the last week, you could find yourself on the road yeah. playing a tournament. Um Toronto has a tiebreaker. Toronto wins tomorrow. I think they play Charlotte tomorrow. They, they have, Toronto's a tough schedule on the stretch, so it's not going to be easy for them, mm-hmm. but Toronto, if they win tomorrow against uh, against Philly, so if they they play Philly on Saturday actually, they'll be one game back of the Heat. Um, so and they have a tiebreaker. So it's, I mean that there there's no sure thing that seven is locked in. Like the Heat could fall if they lose, you know, four of their last five or something like that. So they're not they don't have the luxury of saying like okay like either let's rest some guys maybe that are banged up or Let's try to figure some things out. Like no, they have to still go into each of these games. Like like Eric Sposher says, like it's a playoff game for them, and try to win because the you know playing tournament is bad enough. Like you definitely don't want to be going on the road uh, yeah. to be in that playing tournament.
0: Yeah, and yeah, if you like you said, if you fall, I mean, definitely don't want to fall out of the top eight because then your your odds yeah. like plummet. Uh, a t- you got to win two games obviously to get into that point um yeah it's it's not a great situation um i i don't know if there are a lot of positives other than jimmy butler is awesome but even that's like not a super positive because like i i knew jimmy butler was awesome like it's never been yeah. my question about this team do you have anything that like <laughs> uh, i don't know duncan robinson duncan robinson good good. yeah i don't I think it's gonna, gonna stick, stick it. right yeah. it's not like that like that was just he got was the hot hand and they went with him over max Strus who was in foul trouble like Max Schuster, like Duncan Robinson's is probably not going to be in the rotation on whatever day they put. They play next Friday, like Saturday. 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 I mean, it'll be
1: interesting. I wonder if he is. You know, I don't. I don't know. I'm. But
0: like, I does it matter
1: even if he is? No, like, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't.
0: He, <laughs> he makes some threes. Matter. Like, he doesn't fix their yeah. offense. He doesn't fix their defense. Yeah. Is, no. You
1: know, and it, they're mid. Today, yeah. Today was a weird game. It was weird because Jimmy and Bam combined for 21 points. Yeah. Which is like.
0: Well, I, so I, I mean not to keep harping on the concerning things but but Bam has not been great over these last couple of games and that has been a yeah, killer for them.
1: Bam's numbers have dipped since the break and he's said it a few times and he said it again tonight after the, the loss in New York. Teams are really packing the paint against him and making it mm-hmm. tough where he's having to instead of taking that little comfortable mid-range shot that he's kind of made his go-to move, he's having to pass out of that pocket more as opposed yeah. to looking for his own shot. So I think it's made him think a little bit when he gets the ball, and that's led to more turnovers, led to fewer shot attempts, led to like tougher looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he was even though the offense wasn't good over the first half of the season, like Bam was one of the, the more reliable aspects of it, and that hasn't really been there as much uh, over the last few weeks. So yeah, that's to me that might be the most along with the defense, like the overall defense, Bam might be the most concerning. Yeah. Uh, thing or you know, re- of, as of recently, just because he was like in the middle, and he still is, I guess, but he's, he was in the middle of a career best season and kind of a yeah. breakout year, and becoming a bigger part of the offense, and that's kind of he's kind of gone back to a little bit like last season, mm-hmm. uh, the last few weeks, like more yeah. indecisive. I think, and I think correct.
0: indecisive, hesitant. Those yeah. are good ways to describe it. And, yeah. And it, for me, I don't know if it's a long term concern when I think about like the Bam's career, because that's you know like. Ultimately, where is this team yeah. going this year anyway? But it, it, I think it is a good explanation for part of what has gone wrong here uh, since the All-Star break because, as you said, he was having a career year. Like, when you had Bam and, and Jimmy, having a bottom-10 offense does not make a whole lot of sense. Um, but Bam is, you know, kind of not been All-Star Bam in the second half, so that, that explains some of it. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's, I think that's an astute observation from like you and Bam, just that teams Thank are you. adjusting to him. He's going to adjust back. It's, it's the you know, what happens when you are a developing NBA player, you know, obviously the, the elite of the elite can get around it, but Bam is, you know, like, as you said, we've seen it in the past where um, maybe thinking a little bit too much and, you know, we'll have to add counters and all that kind of stuff. And, and Bam has done a, such a good job, throughout his career of improving every year, basically. Um, I mean, think of where he was coming out of the draft to where he is now. Like, he's one of the more improved guys, probably in the entire NBA at that all-star level. Um, so, like, I'm sure he'll be fine next year. But, yeah, it's it's concerning, and teams have kind of, like, I don't know, figured him out, but, but they've definitely thrown him off here, and, and that just explains, I think, a lot of what has gone wrong.
1: Definitely. And, and one last thing, like, one thing I've wondered, too, uh, during this skid and really even before this losing streak, but really re- as of recently, should they go back to Caleb in the starting lineup? Not to, I don't want to go back to I know we've said it all, every podcast episode of like that's one of their better lineups. We, everyone knows that already. Mm-hmm. But would you make that change um, this late in the schedule and go back to where you were, you know, a month ago before you got the Kevin Love, or would you kind of just ride this out and and see see what happens at this point?
0: I feel like I just ride this out because, and again, the, the lineup is probably a better starting lineup, but the reason you changed it and went and got Kevin yeah. Love is because, you know, with, with Caleb, what are you, a, a team that loses in the first round basically, yeah. right? Like without him, with this lineup, maybe you're a team that loses in the play in, which is obviously a disaster, but is it that much more of a disaster than losing in the first round? Like, right. I, I mean, it, yes, but also no. Um, so I, I still think, I guess this is the upside play. There, we haven't seen a lot of upside from it, but like, I don't know, to me, it's just kind of like, what's the point you got to,
1: yeah. I know
0: that's a very fatalistic attitude, it's very, uh, very nihilistic, but, uh, at the same time, like <laughs> we're taking big swings here. You, you took your swing. You don't want to turn around with your tail between your legs. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, it's like running to first to first base when like you think that it's. Ball four, but it's actually only ball three. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know if that's what much should inform your your decision making. But like. Yeah. No, uh, I get it. Yeah. But no, I understand I just, why they made the switch, and yeah. I guess just just go for it.
1: I didn't necessarily agree with it at the time, and we we talked about it at that point. Like I thought Caleb should stay in starting lineup, yeah. but I get why they did it, and it, yes. that's and you made the right point. Like it was okay. We're basically a mediocre team right now with Caleb in the starting lineup. Let's see what can happen if we move Kevin Love into the starting lineup, move Kid up to the bench. Maybe it'll bring it, our raise our ceiling. Get real crazy, like Orlando oh, Robinson
0: in the starting lineup, like just
1: Omer Yurtseven. Yeah, Omer
0: in. Gabe and Kyle, I, like just get real crazy, like try out a whole bunch of different things in these last five games.
1: Maybe I just I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, but other than all that, everything's great. So yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah. U M basketball, Final
0: Four. Yeah, maybe that's what we should talk about for the last a couple of minutes of this episode.
1: FAU Miami in the Final Four? You think it's possible? I mean, obviously
0: it's possible. But yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, to realistic? me, both games are kind of toss-ups to me. Um, I mean, I think the teams on the right side of the bracket are quite a bit stronger than the teams on the left, in my opinion. I think Miami um, is the second best team left in the tournament. Yeah, probably. I mean, San Diego State's defense is really good, but I, I hate watching their offense.
1: So, so you're saying that that the FAU San Diego State game probably won't be a great, like, won't be fun to watch?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it'll be fun because those teams FAU, are gonna be like yeah. hyped up, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And FAU's fun to watch, actually. Um, yeah, that's true. I think. Um, Miami, my only concern with Miami remains their defense. Like, it would literally be unprecedented for a team with as bad a defense as they have to to win the championship. Every team, as far as Ken Pom goes back, which is 20 years now, that has won the championship as a top 40 defense in Miami is, like, not in the top 100.
1: So you're saying that he'd have a chance.
0: Well, they do have a top
1: 40 defense, it's true. <laughs> But Miami's defense has been better, like the Hurricanes' defense has been better lately. Yeah, that, especially so that's in the tournament, what encourages so.
0: me about them. I mean, they did give up, they kind of give up 80 points right. in every game, which is like, but a part of that is their pace, obviously. But yeah, I mean, they they locked down at the end of the Drake game, which that's the best they've looked on defense all year. And actually, in the end of a lot of these games, they locked down on Texas a little bit at the end of that game. Yeah. Um, Houston, they were kind of in control for most of that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they can definitely win. They've got. I mean, UConn obviously favored, but Miami's got the best guy on the floor probably I every mean, night with Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. Like, and they got, they got they have like legit three NBA guys on that roster probably. This is one of like
1: just a remarkable South Florida sports storyline that I can remember. But not in just not just Miami, but FAU too. Like for them to both make the Final Four, yeah, it's crazy. The same year is just
0: yeah, it's just remember, like mind blowing. I don't I mean I, I remember I was it. in I guess I was in middle school when the George Mason in D- in DC yeah. George Mason run happened obviously with Jim Laranago as the coach and and they actually that sweet 16 was in DC it was at whatever they were calling the Verizon Center MCI mm-hmm. Center whatever it was back then um and that was a huge I mean it was like Maryland was a big deal back then but like George Mason took over the world I remember walking out of a rec basketball game and watching the end of the Yukon game, the George Mason Yukon game on the you know roll-in TV like yeah, in yeah. the classroom <laughs> at yeah. the uh, at the community center, like it was a huge deal. And it, I mean, it's man, I hope it I hope it turns more people into college basketball fans down here. I know college basketball is not what it used to be, but still,
1: yeah, no, it's exciting. I, I honestly have not, and obviously, it's because this is the first time they're in the final four. But I have not, like, I have family members that like never ever watch college basketball like texting me like oh my god did you see that game like did you see the finish <laughs> of the game like it's just it is this is a way to kind of generate that type of interest that you would that they've never really had before because they've never had this much success i mean to go to the lead eight last year in the final four this year like now they're starting to stack together these
0: yeah and i'll say
1: season that's the, important
0: the crowds at the watsko center were good this year um you know it's a small building it's not hard yeah. to pack that But at least the student turnout was really, really good all year long. Um, And I've always thought, if you're a student, like, I know students complain about not being able to go to the football games because you had to take a bus. Like, you can walk to the Lotzko Center, but that place should be packed, especially with how good that program has been pretty much since Jim Larenaga got there. Um, So hopefully that it it adds to it. I know Coral Gables is not the easiest place to get to for people from around South Florida. But again, it's a small building. And at least the students, are, I think, are going to pack that place next year and Bummed I didn't get to an FAU game at any point this year. I kept saying with my, my – my parents are big college basketball fans yeah. just being from Maryland. And they live in Delray now, and we kept being like, oh, we should go to a game, go to a game. We never did. I'm kind of bummed about that.
1: Miami, Miami didn't play FAU then, obviously, right? They didn't play them this year.
0: No. FAU beat the Gators up in Gainesville yeah. early in the year. Yeah. That was like kind of like, whoa, this FAU team. I mean, yeah. the Gators wound up not being that good, but
1: – It wasn't really an upset. That everyone It wasn't the upset everyone thought at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it was that big of an upset, <laughs> probably, point, yeah. spread-wise. But, yeah. I mean, they're really good. And, I mean, they are – I wrote about it today. They're a Cinderella kind of in name only. Like, all their metrics are impressive. I think they're 17th in Ken Palm. Um, they were ranked at the end of the regular season. Like, it's not like they were out of nowhere. Um, and um, – they got, they got the defense. I don't know if they got the guards, but the guards seem pretty good. And, uh, you know, if they win it all. It wouldn't be a, a shock at this point.
1: It's an accomplishment for this, for those two programs that Jimmy Butler and Luca will be playing against each other on Saturday night. And not many people will probably be watching that game because yeah. they'll be watching FAU and Miami college basketball. So good for them.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Um, you, have you watched a lot of the tournament otherwise? It was really uh, like for people who are into it for the draft purposes, it was not like I don't know yeah, there weren't, what you were taken away from this tournament. I've honestly just watched. I've watched all the Miami
1: games pretty much yeah. um from start to finish. And I've watched most of the FAU games. Not all of them. I've seen like the second half yeah. of some only. Um but Miami games from, Miami game from start to finish. And Texas in that first half I was like man this team is like unbeatable like they're going to win the championship cuz they were making every shot yeah that game and then Miami just
0: yeah i think Marcus with, Carr got dinged up a little bit and yeah, yeah they couldn't get couldn't get quite as good of shots um but yeah i mean that first half was like electric better shooting than the heat have had all year my god
1: yeah yeah that's for sure
0: <laughs> um Isaiah Wong to the heat you like you like that Wuga Poplar to the heat Jordan Miller to the Heat? Jordan Miller feels like a great Heat guy.
1: Jordan Miller and Wuga are my two favorite. Wuga's awesome. Well, I like um. Man, I'm blanking on his name. It's late. I'm tired. But the center. Oh, Norchad uh, O'Meara. Norchado O'Meara. Yeah, Norchad. yeah. I don't think he's, he's an, an NBA an, I know, player. The, but, he's not yeah. an NBA guy because he's a kind of in-between guy. But I just love the way he plays and the way he just goes for everybody. He's just like a fun college basketball player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you, NBA Did you watch the
0: Indiana game? What do you think of Trace Jackson Davis?
1: Uh, I mean, he wasn't that impressive that game. They did a good job
0: on him. Yeah, they did a good um, job on him. But he's a guy who could like be in the Heat range. Yeah. Which is like.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that they kind of. I don't know. I, I didn't watch enough of him to kind of make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, To kind of grade it. But just that game alone, like the fact that you're able to take him out for the most part, relatively speaking, compared to what he usually does with. Mm-hmm out really like a big man on the to go against him like was a little concerning for me as far as like you know translating to the nba so i don't know but
0: jordan miller i know he's older but he's just so he's actually not quite as old as i thought he was like 24 he's only 23 which not the biggest difference but it, it matters a little bit um 23 year olds get drafted 24 year olds don't um but yeah he's i mean obviously he was awesome in the uh yeah in the game. Uh, Elite Eight game, but
1: yeah,
0: he's been, I mean, he's been kind of the unheralded guy. He was like the kind of unheralded guy last, I don't think he's quite as unheralded this year, but last year he was like the glue, he was the ultimate glue guy. In college yeah. basketball, <laughs> you got to have a glue guy, because you're not going to have five NBA players on the court, you got to have glue guys, and he he's probably the best in the country in that role.
1: Yeah. And he's a very talented blue guy, that's for sure. Yeah. And Wuga is just, I mean, his his length, his athleticism, yeah. I'm his shooting. I
0: mean, yeah. Like that's he seems like he's gonna be the guy next year, but I wonder if he this would would test. I mean, I'm sure he'll yeah. test the waters this year because this draft does kind of fall off quickly. Where like a guy like Wuga could, I could see him being a first round pick because like after you know, there's obviously Nyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Thompson, twins taylor hendrix um it real fa- falls off really quickly we're like pretty mediocre like not mediocre but you know like guys who were who would not be lottery picks in most years are in the mix for lottery so um that'll be interesting i think uh one guy yeah. i do like uh kasan wallace from from kentucky i love kentucky guards i don't know if you watched any of their what game was it Probably the Kansas State game. Oh, we got the Kansas State guard is definitely the coolest player in the oh, draft. Oh, the point guard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Noel.
1: Oh, his his passes are incredible.
0: Yeah, I'm very I'm very interested to see what happens with him in the draft because he's very small. But
1: is he a senior? He's a senior,
0: right? I think he's. I mean, he's a senior. I mean, it's hard to know now in college basketball. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone lists it differently. I'm sure this. I guess he could come back, but. Um, I, I'm sure someone will give him a shot, right? He was too too impressive in this tournament not to. And and there is, you know, who's the? We don't have a short guy in the NBA anymore, do we? I
1: feel like um yeah, I think um, no, I think you're right. They're really like, like
0: the Isaiah since Isaiah Thomas is like kind of right. gone out of the league. And there's how short points. is he?
1: How short is he?
0: I think he's listed at five eight.
1: Wow, I didn't know he was that small.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, there's was, always one, think- right? There's him, obviously Earl Boykins, Nate, Nate Robinson. We don't have a, a short NBA player anymore. Are you searching yeah, shortest yeah. players in NBA? I just I just Google
1: shortest player in the NBA, but it came up with Muggsy Bogues. I'm, that's, I'm the current player in the NBA.
0: Here's an article. Uh, Facundo Campazzo, five ten. Okay,
1: there you go. Yeah, Earl Boykins is a recent one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're, 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 they're Andre Miller I feel like
0: was was under six feet probably was he maybe he was six on the dot I mean Kyle Lowry's pretty small I mean you don't think of it because he's a, a burly fella but Norris Cole is smart small with the, yeah Norris Cole. Cole
1: he listed at a six two but it didn't seem like a six two
0: he' he was, he was um, lithe
1: yeah that's true all right we're done
0: yeah I think we're, we're done tired. we've gotten way off track here um <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks as always for listening. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, Follow him for heat coverage and Miami basketball tweets. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I've been covering the Miami Open this week, which has been kind of fun. I mean, obviously it's a very busy time at the Herald with a final four one that I don't think people are banking on. but. Uh, it's, it's been a good excuse to get out uh, and watch some tennis. I'm a, I'm a sneaky tennis guy, so I've, I've, I've enjoyed getting out there. Uh, Were you running to Jimmy Barley this weekend? Francis Tiapo hadn't gotten knocked out so quickly. Oh, yeah, they're back home. I wonder if he will be there. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be there soon. He was out there one of the, the days, right? Yeah, well, he watched Coco one day, I think, didn't he? Yes. They he, co- he was out
1: there to watch it.
0: also, I think, the number
1: one men's tennis player. Who's, what's his name? Al- the guy from uh,
0: Alcaraz. Spanish. Yeah, he
1: he went to he went to watch him um last weekend as well. I think on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll be there Sunday
0: for the because they don't play Sunday. The men, and yeah, the men's final It's scheduled off. for Sunday. The rain keeps throwing things off, but well, um, well if it's Sunday, he'll
1: be there because uh, that's just my guess. Because
0: yeah, why wouldn't he be? So I like how Jimmy Butler is like a sneaky tennis guy, also. He's, like, into everything. Yeah, he's, he's just like, into everything, I guess, is what it is. Obviously, he's a well-known but he loves soccer status. guy. But yeah, he loves tennis. He's, he's always, always
1: tennis his favorite, favorite sport, I think. Even more than soccer. Like, he loves yeah. tennis.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's good. All right. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk to you guys later. Thanks, as always, for <laughs> listening. We're tired. Uh, It's time to get in bed. Uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys.